everyone, and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven. That is my lovely wife, as always, Liberty. We're a married couple with different interests, and we try to bring each other into our hobbies by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. Today's sports episode is brought to you by drafts. And trades. Yes. And, and signings. signings. Oh, man. Jinx, uh, you owe me a Coke. It will never go away. Right. So we're going to try to get through this episode quickly because no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not spending all day talking about this. To clarify, this week was probably one of the most stressful weeks for us. Period. Our personal lives, our work lives, our sports lives. So we all just need to get through this episode of the podcast and breathe. <laughs> Everything will be okay. Let's discuss first the NHL. Of course. I'm actually going to start with health news because a couple health things have come out recently. So Yanni Gord is expected to be out at the start of the season for the Seattle Kraken, their inaugural season. Yeah. Because he's had shoulder surgery. He's already had it. He's going to be out for a few months. The expected recovery time is until early November. So not too late into the season, but definitely not starting. I'll be honest, if he even plays his third as well as he did last season and during the playoffs, I don't care how long it takes him to come back. He's going to be a centerpiece of that organization. Right, yeah. He last played on July 7th in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final against the Montreal Canadiens. So it's not like he's even been out that long. No. I really do expect him to be a very critical part of that organization, so... I didn't love the draft that they did. I felt like they could have done it a lot better, but I think that was probably one of the better ones and what's crazy is a lot of people were slamming how poorly the kraken drafted and in my mind i'm like they still have 25 million dollars worth of cap space that they're ready to spend on free agents right and this is one of the best free agent seasons in the last five or six years like there's some really big names as of when this episode comes out we're one day away from the market opening basically so they're going to be the ones spending all the money this week i guarantee you they already have who they want locked up it's just a matter of just signing paperwork at this point you just don't see it going on but we also have shea weber who isn't going to be playing for the montreal Canadiens next season there's a chance that the defenseman's career is actually over based on what people have been saying about his injury. Canadian's GM Mark Bergevin said Weber is dealing with multiple injuries, but it wasn't specified what those injuries are. It is kind of bad when people are like, but his career's probably over. Right. That's not a good sign. It's definitely not a good look, that's for sure. I feel real bad for him. Also, you and I discussed this this morning over breakfast, but Carey Price is likely to be ready for next season after taking a 10 to 12 week recovery period from knee surgery that he just had on Friday. The recovery of 12 weeks would take him up to October 15th and the Montreal team opens next season on the 13th. So it's not like he's going to be missing a lot of time if he does have to take the full period. Yeah, the latest article I read basically was they're expecting him to be on the 10-week range, not anywhere near the 12-week. Right. The surgery went really well based on what they were saying, so it's just like... Though he does also have a hip injury that's not requiring surgery, so he has to heal two different parts of his body during this period. And that's just not a really fun thing to add on top of the previous surgery, so... Well, I feel like the hip thing is probably something that stemmed from the knee thing, because your body tries to compensate... Correct, yeah. So he just has to 
not do that now. Right. But in reality, the major news this past week is that the Seattle Kraken have picked up or stolen 30 players. (laughs) And I'm just going to run through a couple of them real quick. From the Pittsburgh Penguins, they picked up Brandon Tanev. Technically, they also got Jared McCann from us, if we're being honest, because of us trading him away right before the expansion draft, and they picked him from the team that took him. So I I want to start a YouTube channel just to break that down, just because it truly was Toronto going, we don't want to lose any of our players. Who did you want us to go get? Right. Like, it clearly had to have been. Like, there's no way that they're like, we're going to trade away this and this to the Penguins and then get a player. Right. Basically, what probably happened is the Seattle Kraken went, if you don't want me to touch your roster, you're going to go do whatever you have to to get Jared McCann from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. And that's what they did, and it required a player and a pick, I think. Correct. And so, technically, we lost two of what I would consider our main, like, core of the team. Yeah, but I I honestly think Philippe Hollander is going to, like I said last week, a good addition to your guys' team. And honestly, he will play this season, whether it's on the second or third line, so... My thing is, I never expect these to go well. I always expect, well, that was just a crappy trade. <laughs> that was just bad. Why would we do that? Yeah. And until they prove me wrong, I'm going to expect it to be like we got the worst end of the deal. I feel like that's the way you and about 80% of every hockey fan in the world feels right? like when their team trades. You guys know. Yeah. And then from the Chicago Blackhawks, they picked up John Quentinville. And I don't know if that's pronouncing it the same because I'm a little thrown off by your old coach. 100% correct. Oh, okay. No relation to the coach. It's but, spelled differently as well. Yeah. But um, when I saw that, what was really irritating, I think, the most about it was it was one of the last two players leaked for the draft. So like, Right, because the leak started early in the morning and their coverage didn't start until the evening. Like legitimately within minutes of them putting their roster into play... It was, like, everywhere. There was already news everywhere. And, like, honestly, even before that, there were players that were, like, they weren't legally allowed to say that they were going somewhere, but it's, like, getting on an airplane. Right. And it's, like, come on, okay? We know you're getting like drafted the, by... The, the players, for the most part, were already there. So yeah. if you're in the know enough to know when they're traveling, you're kind of already sure who's getting traded or picked up. Yeah, who's getting drafted. Right. Mm-hmm. But the only other name I wanted to mention is from the Dallas Stars, because we're here in Dallas. They picked up Jamie Oleksiak, and in my opinion, they really didn't pick up any other, like, solid, big player names. In my opinion. I didn't go into it, but now I'm wishing I had, (laughs) um, because you dropped the ball on, like, a previous Calgary Flames captain, Giordano. um, Was picked by them, so, like, the list could go on, I'm just... Yeah, I'll leave it at that because maybe the better way to phrase that is they did not pick up the bigger names that I expected them to pick up, especially if you consider who they could have gotten from the caps. Yeah, like I expected it to be far worse for certain teams. I really do think that we're going to be just bombshelled by what the Kraken do over the next couple days, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. just because Honestly, they're sitting on a treasure trove of millions of dollars with the cap space, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of great players with opportunity here. Like They might take some risks and go after some RFAs and just try to force teams to buy out contracts that are higher than maybe they should. So we'll, we'll see what strategically they do over the next couple of days. Well, they also have the option to trade, and they have a lot of things that they can do. Right. So 
here comes another expansion team to ruin our lives. <laughs> but <I don't>, also... <laughs> I was going to say really quick, I don't know that they ruined lives. I think, honestly, Vegas was really an exciting addition when they first came in. But... They took the flower from me. Like, I can forgive a lot of things. I can't forgive that. <laughs> okay. I think you're taking it maybe a little too personal, <laughs> but I understand. Maybe you're not taking it personally enough. I guess not. But also this weekend, the draft has happened. The first overall pick in the NHL draft this year was Owen Power from Michigan. He's a defenseman. Also, a notable one from the top five was Luke Hughes, who was picked up by the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, the Hughes brothers united in New Jersey. Uh, Two of the three, at least, anyways. I was like, the other one is not there. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool in the draft where Jack went and grabbed one of his jerseys that says Hughes on the back of it and gave it to him because, obviously, this year the draft was being done remote. So, like, people were just being video Skyped in from home. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have jerseys or hats or anything like that. Unlike the NBA and the NFL where everything's, like, predetermined, like, days and days before Mm -hmm. for the most part, you don't really get any crazy changes. But, like... We had players that weren't even in, like, the top ten getting picked in the top five. So it's just like, it's the NHL, and they like to do crazy things sometimes. Well, what was funny is they normally play with the same number, right? So it's like, there's your jersey. Yeah. Except not, because now you have to play with a different number. Yeah. I really doubt the older brother is going to give the younger brother the opportunity to play with his number. Probably not. It's just not going to happen. And Chicago's first round pick was Nolan Allen. The last pick of the first round. He's a defenseman from Prince Albert, Canada. Yeah. But another one that I thought was noteworthy, speaking of siblings, you guys also picked up Colton Dock. Early in the second round, yeah. I thought it was 62nd overall. Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't have that written down here. But the Dock brothers. Yeah. And we'll talk about why our first round pick a little bit later was so far back in the draft because we also picked up a Jones brother, just not in the draft. That comes from a trade. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Penguins first pick came in the second round at pick 58 overall. We picked up Tristan Brose, who is a center from the U.S. Apparently he plays for Fargo at Uh, the moment. Okay. North Dakota schools are usually pretty good at hockey, so that's not a bad pick. I think the biggest part that you missed out of this was that the University of Michigan, for the first time, a U.S. college program put three of the top five draft picks out. It's never happened in the history of the NHL. I don't know what's in the water there, but keep drinking They're They're playing good hockey, clearly, Mm -hmm. because, like, in the past, you've seen, obviously, like, World or Canadian Junior Hockey Leagues doing stuff like that, but you've never seen U.S. colleges. Right, right. So. But... Speaking about something that doesn't break my heart, drafts, expansion drafts, moving away from those. Say, we still have trades to talk about, so maybe it's not quite safe. More heartbreak to come, but real quick, something that won't break my heart. (laughs) The Predators had a prospect who came out as the first player under contract to come out as gay, and it was Luke Prokop, Prokop? And Commissioner Bettman, the Nashville's organization, and players have all given their support to him on social media. Also, the NHL fans are being adorable about this as well. There have been a lot of fan art things that have come out since his announcement. 
So I'm glad he's getting the support from the fan base as well. Well, even like his teammates immediately were like, we already knew because like he basically came out and said, I was open with like my close family, friends and teammates. So like people already knew, but he goes, I didn't really make it public knowledge just because I didn't feel like it was really a necessary. He goes, I don't understand the purpose of having to do this, but at the same time, it's like, it's an important step and that's why he ended up doing it. When you consider how many people have played hockey, I think it is important for someone to come out when they're ready and able because representation matters. And I also think this is going to be one of those things where you're going to have some not-so-great fans come out and say some not-so-great things to him or about him. So that outpour of support really needed to come And I personally haven't seen anything negative come out about it. I haven't either. Do I think there are probably some Nashville fans who don't love the fact that they have a gay prospect? Possibly. But I like that all that I have seen has been very supportive and loving. Yeah. But like you said, time for more heartbreak. (laughs) So a bunch of trades happened. The first one I found was that Ryan Ellis was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers by the Nashville Predators. In exchange, Nashville received defenseman Philip Myers and forward Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick was then traded to the Vegas Golden Knights for forward Cody Glass. So a multi-team trade there. There's a chance we talked about that last week, but I'll just mention it again because I can't quite remember and my brain is garbage. Uh, firstly, that's not true. Secondly, it was an important trade, so it's not like if it got mentioned twice, it's not the end of the world, seriously. Also this week, Tyler Pitlick was traded to the Calgary Flames by the Seattle Kraken for a fourth-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. This was technically the Kraken's first trade to happen, and he was originally selected by Seattle from the Arizona Coyotes yeah, it was uh, an interesting move because it was just like literally a day after he had just got there. So like they flew him to Seattle and was like, oh, by the way, welcome, you. goodbye. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for the guy a mm-hmm. little bit. I feel like that's something that most hockey players have basically experienced at some point. Welcome, you're now leaving. Right. Also, Shane Gostis Bear was traded to the Arizona Coyotes by the Philadelphia Flyers for. Future considerations is what I found. I haven't found anything. I was under the impression it was nothing. It was just a contract drop, but... Well, the Coyotes also received a second round and a seventh round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. So I feel like future considerations has to end up being something. Like, even if you're wanting to drop a contract, you don't just also do picks. Yeah, it was definitely a strange thing. I I was... Pretty certain, again, that it was just, like, we're getting rid of this contract because it's not great. But it's not the only weird trade that the Flyers did. So, like, they did a straight trade for Jacob Voracek to the Blue Jackets for Cam Atkinson. The contract was a little higher for Voracek, but the Cam Atkinson contract that they got back is for two years at just a tad lower cap hit. So the Flyers were pretty busy on, on trade day. I don't think it even ended there. I'm pretty sure they had another trade. Well... That's the choice. Yeah, their other trade was with the Buffalo Sabres where they traded away Rasmus Ristolainen. I knew I was going to almost mess that one up. They 
traded Ristolainen to the Flyers from the Sabres. The Sabres will receive Robert Hag, the 14th pick in this past week's draft, and the second round pick in the 2022 draft as well. With the picks that they got for this last draft, they ended up picking up right winger Isaac Rosen. Yeah. Well, you went a little further into that than I did, so. Yes, I did. Kudos. And also, Alex Nedelkovic was traded to the Detroit Red Wings by the Carolina Hurricanes for Jonathan Bernier. Carolina also received a third-round pick in this past draft that just happened. They ended up picking defenseman Aiden Hrichuk. I didn't, Again, I didn't do that deep of a dive, so I'm proud of you. So, yep, nailed that one probably. Also, we had Jake Bean, who was traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets by the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina received a second-round pick in this past draft, who they ended up picking was defenseman Alexi Haimosalmi. You keep looking at me like I already told you to have the names. <laughs> Normally you save me when I mess up things, so I was hoping to get saved, and it yeah. didn't happen. There's no saving coming up from uh, this side of the mic anyways. <laughs> the crazy part of the, about the Nedeljkovic trade is that the Red Wings immediately signed him to a two-year, $6 million contract. So, like, the second he moved, it was just like, here's the money, enjoy it. Yeah. I am prepared to mess up this next name, so feel free to save me if you have any sort of lifesaver around you. Pavel Buchnevich was traded to the St. Louis Blues by the New York Rangers for forward Sammy Blaze. No, you nailed it, actually. It's pretty spot on. I don't think there's really room for correction, so. And New York also received a second-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. Oliver ekman Larson was traded with Connor Garland to the Vancouver Canucks by the Arizona Coyotes. For the number nine pick in the 2021 NHL draft, where they picked up right winger Dylan Gunther, and forwards Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Antoine Roussel. So that was a pretty big trade. Arizona ended up also receiving a second round pick in the 2022 NHL draft and a seventh round pick in the 23 NHL draft. Yeah, they still ended up retaining some of Ekman Larson's contract as well. So it's honestly a pretty sweet deal for Vancouver to bring in two really good quality, like not senior players, but like right in their prime type situation players to add to their their already pretty tough roster. So it just it feels like a lot. There's no argument. It's definitely a lot a lot of players, a lot of picks moving in different directions and monies. So I feel like it's gonna be hard to determine who really won that one. Until games start to get played out realistically. Well, because Ekman Larson hasn't been doing as well as I think people have been expecting him to do recently. But he's still a, a top-line defenseman, so it's just like you can't take him out of that situation. Like, he's going to be on your number one line. So like I, the way I imagined it was seeing like Quinn Hughes and Ekman Larson on the same line, and that would be a nightmare for most. Maybe. And then the trade that you were referencing earlier... Seth Jones was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks by the Columbus Blue Jackets for Adam Boquist and three draft picks. Honestly, I think this was a horrible trade that you made. You got rid of Boquist, first of all. That was your first mistake. I don't think so, but I'll disagree with you and I'll explain why momentarily. (laughs) The Blue Jackets received a first round pick and a second round pick in the 2021 NHL draft where they picked up center Cole Sillinger and gave their other pick to the Carolina Hurricanes and a first round pick in the 2022 or 2023 NHL draft. The Blackhawks then received a first round pick where they picked defenseman Nolan Allen. 
like yep. we picked, like we mentioned before, and a sixth round selection in the 2022 NHL draft. Yes. 2022. A lot of twos. We're not quite there to all of them, but pretty darn close. But honestly, no, when it comes to Boquist, I just don't think the performance has been that great the last two seasons. He's not on a downhill skid like in his career, but I definitely think like he's just been off. In fairness, though, like it's COVID years, so it's like it's tough to compare. You also have to consider your whole team, and like your team did not do great last season. So the reason I'm okay with him leaving, and predominantly being, is Seth Jones brings a senior piece to the line that we lost when we moved Keith earlier. Right. So like it, it makes sense to bring somebody in like that. As well, too, Seth Jones is kind of in the same situation where he's a top 10 defenseman in the NHL. So, like, he has been stuck with the Blue Jackets, which, boy, last year were just a ride down the toilet, basically. Like, I feel awful for the guy being stuck there. They couldn't ever figure out what they were doing. But I think he's going to be a good addition to the roster, and we did sign him to a long-term contract immediately thereafter, so... He's going to be a part of the organization, at least for a little while. As well, too, he grew up playing with his brother, who we did just get for the Keith trade. So having the two of them on the same roster might be a good thing for us. So quick question. What are the positions of the Doc brothers and the Jones brothers? The Doc brothers, you have a center and I believe a right wing. And then for uh, the Joneses, it's defense and I believe defense. I want to see them on a line together. Or on the ice at the same time, I mean. The two Joneses or all four all of them? All four of them on the ice at the same time. Yeah. I don't And just another winger. I don't know that Baby Doc is going to be out there this <laughs> season, but we'll see, obviously. If you can ever get to the point where you can have the two sets of brothers on the ice at the same time with another winger, I feel like you could be damaging depending on just how everyone performs. But... I think what was the big downfall for Boquist, honestly, was just like lately he wanted to be very an offensive-minded defenseman. The problem was he was not very good about getting back to cover those like pinch motions. So I'm sad to see him go, obviously, because he's still a good hockey player, but it's just at the same time I'm like, it, it kind of makes sense. I think it depends on what Jones brings to the table. Right. And but I really feel like Jones is not at the same level, in my opinion. There's a lot of people saying that this very well may be RGM's last bad trade. So I, the world agrees with you, but I'm hoping for the best. I would say it's his most recent bad trade. Yeah. There's time to make worse. Yeah, I hope there's not. Sam Reinhart was traded to the Florida Panthers by the Buffalo Sabres for goalie prospect Devin Levy and a first-round pick in the 22 NHL draft. And as you know, I do not like prospects. I don't like picks. I like player-for-player trades. So this is just full of things I don't like. Yeah, but we all knew the Sabres were going to be sellers this offseason, so it's just not a shock. They were sellers at the end of the season. They were sellers during the offseason, so it makes sense on draft day. They are also sellers. And I think that was my last trade. I think the rest of these are signings. Yeah, I think you've pretty much covered all the ones I have as well. So... Miro Haskinen signed an eight-year, $67.6 million contract with the Dallas Stars this Saturday. It has an AAV of $8.45 million. Pretty big money. Also, you live in Dallas, so cha-ching. Right. As well, too, there's uh, no income tax in the state of Texas, so double cha-ching. Gustav Forsling has signed a three-year contract to stay with the Florida Panthers. 
The financial terms were not disclosed at the time I wrote my notes. I don't know if anything has come out since then. None information-wise, sadly. Barclay Goodrow has agreed to a six-year contract with the New York Rangers. Financial terms were not disclosed at the time I wrote my notes. And the Rangers acquired the Ford in a trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning for a seventh-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. And I remember because I made fun of his name. Yes. Another big one is that Taylor Hall signed a four-year, $24 million contract with the Boston Bruins. This has an AAV of $6 million. I love how math works when it's even numbers like that. Right? So much easier. Another easy one for you is that Mike Smith signed a two-year, $4.4 million contract to remain with Edmonton Oilers. This has an AAV of... 2.2. Yay. Math. Kale McCarr signed a six-year, $54 million contract with the Colorado Avalanche. This gives him an AAV of $9 million. Yeah, he uh, just finished his rookie contract, so everybody kind of knew he was going to get paid. I didn't think it was going to be quite this big of a contract, but... It's a lot of money, but also, like, the length of time is a lot for someone who just got out of a rookie contract, I feel like. That's absolutely where I would disagree with you. I think that's when you do sign longer contracts, because you're not getting stuck with an old man later down the line, realistically. You mean, like, Duncan Keith? Yeah, with his 13-year contract. It's insane. And then Tony D'Angelo had his final season of his contract bought out by the New York Rangers on Saturday. He will be able to sign as an unrestricted free agent as of July 28th. So who knows? Yeah. Put it this way. They waived him during the regular season to try to save cap space and nobody took it. So I have a good feeling we'll probably be on that same boat. Just because you can doesn't mean you will. Yeah. Yannick Weber announced on Tuesday that he is retiring from the NHL after 13 seasons. He will continue to play in his native Switzerland after signing a three-year contract with ZSC of the National League, which is the country's top professional league. Right. So still playing hockey, just not in the NHL. Also, the Kraken signed Jamie Alexiak after drafting him in the expansion draft from the Dallas Stars. To a five-year contract with an AAV of $4.6 million a year. So a pretty healthy contract coming mm-hmm. away from a team. As well, too, the Kings re-signed Trevor Moore to a two-year $3.75 million contract, which gives them an AAV of $1.875 million. That's the fun number. <laughs> and then my last retirement is Matt Calver, retired from the NHL On Thursday, after 11 seasons, he only played 18 games this season with the Colorado Avalanche before sustaining an undisclosed injury. So, who really knows what happened? Right. Finally, moving away from the NHL, I know that was a long one for just one league. Right. We have some COVID news in the NFL. The NFL has informed clubs that COVID outbreaks among unvaccinated players could lead to forfeited games this next season. If a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak, the team will forfeit and be credited with a loss for the playoff seeding at the end of the season. This is because the league will not extend the season to accommodate outbreaks. In addition, players on both teams will not be paid for the lost contest and the team responsible for the canceled game due to unvaccinated players will cover financial losses and be subject to potential discipline from the commissioner's office. So, like, nah, we're not doing this this year. 
I guess some of the good news, though, still speaking about COVID, is that the number of NFL players in the vaccination process has reached 80%, with nine teams actually having 90% or more of their players in that category. So they're getting there. I would like to see 100% vaccinations, but I know that's probably never going to happen. Yeah. Here in Dallas, I, I know that Jerry Jones spoke out about it because an ex-Cowboys player called him out for not having the 85% mark right. already. And he's like, listen, we're less than a handful of people away from it. They've already committed to getting the vaccine. So like within the next week or two, we should be at that 85% threshold. And he goes, then I maybe have a handful, handful and a half that are just not committing to doing it yet. So right. He goes, just lay off. We're working on it. You have a lot of financial incentive as an organization to not have a COVID outbreak this next season. And I feel like you also have possibility of playoff problems if you have to forfeit any games. So in reality, I think everyone should be on board unless they have an actual like medical or religious reason for not doing it. Right. But real quickly speaking about player health for the NFL... Rams running back Cam Ackers has suffered a torn Achilles while training and is going to miss the entirety of the 2021 season. Sucks for him. And the New Orleans Saints receiver Michael Thomas is expected to miss the start of the season after undergoing surgery to repair the ligaments in his ankle in June. There's roughly a four-month recovery timetable that could keep him on the sideline weeks into the season, but not the entirety of the season. Well, that's good at least. I'm sure they'll be happy to have him when they can get him. But one of the other major pieces of news coming out this past week is that the New England Patriots co-offensive line coach, Cole Popovich, is no longer on the coaching staff for reasons related to the league's COVID-19 requirements. He's been with the organization since 2015, so it's not like he's just a newbie right. walking away. And, you know, obviously they didn't explain, like, the in and outs of why and what. Right. The Pittsburgh Steelers have signed former Chargers defensive end. Melvin Ingram. To a one-year deal. I did not find any financial terms in this article. It was rough this week on the NFL and financial terms. At least the few that I saw, there was only like one or two that were really like, this is the number. I only saw one signing in the NFL, so if you have more, you should tell us. Uh, the Dolphins also signed linebacker Shaquem Griffin to a one-year contract. It's the first time that he will be playing separate from his brother, who is his twin. Oh, okay. Um, so no more twin powers. No, one of them stayed in Seattle. The other one is going to be playing for the Dolphins. So other, literally the opposite corners of the United States. Also, the 49ers signed a five-year extension with Fred Warner, making him the highest-paid linebacker in the NFL. The contract extension is valued at ninety-five million dollars, with forty-point five million guaranteed. I was expecting a reaction from you on that one. I think at this point, I just know that all of their contracts are going to be ridiculous in this league. Right. So I'm, I'm not freaking out about it like I did when we first started. And then there was one trade I wanted to talk about because it's related to the Bears. Uh, and there's really no details on it because why would there be? The Bears traded Anthony Miller to the Texans. This looks like it's just going to be a spot swap for the draft for next season. Based on what is actively, it would be a five-spot change in the favor of the Bears in the later rounds of the draft. And I'm like, man, it's not really an exciting 
trade to be a part of as a player, I would imagine. Raiders president Mark Bedane has resigned this past week, and Dan Ventrell has been named the interim president. Bedane became president in 2015 after serving as the interim in the wake of Amy Trask's 2013 resignation. And Steelers linebacker Vince Williams has retired after eight seasons. He played all eight of his seasons in Pittsburgh after being selected in the sixth round of the 2013 NFL draft. I always like to hear of players that like just stayed with a team through the entire time. Like that's yeah. part of the reason I respect Marco Royce so much for your for Dortmund. It's like he mm-hmm. came through the juniors program and stayed with the team all the way through his career. Right. So at least so far, anyways. Though with the NFL, I feel like they don't have as much control over something like that. Yeah, as well, too. Like, it's definitely a little greedier business, I feel like. They're, they're there for the money, not for the sportsmanship side of it so much. And I feel like, for the most part, the Major League Baseball news is going to be all you. I have a couple of player health things and then one other bit of news. Let's lead off with your player health, because I only have one thing in that one. Josh Roja of the Diamondbacks was placed on the 10-day IL Saturday morning. This is going to be retroactive to Thursday, July 22nd. He injured his left pinky finger, sliding headfirst into second base on Wednesday night. That sucks. Like, as a baseball player who's jammed, like, joints and bones doing that? I mean, it... Could be worse. There are worse injuries than jamming your finger. It's true, but it's still painful and frustrating more so than anything. And tell me if I pronounce this name wrong, because I probably will. Alex Kirillov. It's not on my list. Of the twins has elected to undergo season-ending surgery to repair a torn ligament in his right wrist this past week. He sustained the injury in May and missed 16 games with what was originally labeled a right wrist sprain. Apparently, it's a little worse. A little more serious. Because he's having surgery. Right. In other MLB news, the Cleveland Indians will now be known as the Cleveland Guardians. Yes. This will start actually in 2022. I love that they had Tom Hanks do the announcements. Right. He's got a decent voice. Yeah. The team announced the name change in a video that they posted Friday morning with Tom Hanks' voice. It also has a new logo of a winged baseball adorned with the letter G. It looked real stupid when I saw it. So hopefully they do some better graphics over time. Yeah, it definitely feels like a minor league team logo. So it's just like, yeah, we made this really quick on Windows Art Clip like type of a software. We just pulled up some clip art and threw some things in it. Yeah, it's All like that matter. baseball with flames and the letter G in a weird font on the side of it, right? Like, type situation. The Oakland City Council okayed its $12 billion ballpark uh, offer to the a Oakland Billion Athletes. with a B. Billion with a B, yes. No with a bono. Yes, no with a bono. The council took months longer than planned to originally vote on this. One of the big hurdles was to try to get in... Uh, affordable housing community options around the stadium. Obviously, that's something that, as an organization... They don't want. Yes, a lot of times it's not something they're interested in. However, the Oakland A's president did say that he was unhappy with the terms as they were that were voted on, but he was willing to actually come to the table and work with them, which is a step in the right direction because for the longest time, the organization's just been like, we're already looking elsewhere. Why are we even having this conversation? So the fact that they're willing to come back 
and talk is, I guess, a step in the right direction. They did actively have an open conversation last week as well with the city of Las Vegas to building a new organization stadium there. It would be right off the strip as well, so like the amenities would be available to the organization for fans and things like that very easily. So it's a pretty good offer that Vegas is bringing to the table. They're not having to pay hardly anything out of pocket for it. Basically, the city's going to pay for it. Whereas with Oakland, they're still eating about 20% of the cost of the stadium build. So when you're talking billions with a B, that's a lot of percent. Yes. Yeah. Especially now, it seems more and more cities are the ones having to pay out of pocket for these organizations to come here. Albeit they bring a lot of tax dollars. So it's just like, it's not a complete loss, obviously. But the $12 billion project included those affordable housing options. Um, Hotels would be able to be built there. So not all the expense would be coming directly out of the city's pocket. It would just be up front. They'd be paying for some of it. So As well, too, the Yankees this week and the MLB have come together to ban a fan who threw a ball at Alex Verdugo during the game from Yankee Stadium and all the other 29 ballparks in the major leagues. Success. Yeah, so, uh, boy, dumb choice when you that dumb prize. You'll never get to go watch a baseball game live ever again. Um, but is that a punishment, really? For somebody that's a fan, yes. For you, no. <laughs> and just to clarify, the next time we go to a baseball game, don't throw a baseball at another player because they'll probably ban me, too. You shouldn't have said that because now I want to. No. There was also a big trade this week in the major leagues. Only one really big one, necessarily. The Tampa Bay Rays traded for Nelson Cruz of the Minnesota Twins. Tampa Bay also added minor leaguer pitcher Calvin Foucher to their organization. Minnesota will be receiving pitching prospect Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman. Some pitchers for some active players and another pitcher. But the funniest part of the day, the New York Mets are introducing... A new thing, kind of like Atlanta's doing the home run panda with Pablo Sandoval. They are doing what they're calling the home run horse. A game of horse? No. It is a stuffed horse dressed in training shorts for the Mets. And you have to carry him once you get into the dugout. They hand him to you and you carry it through the dugout with you. Because you got a home run, here's a horse? Yeah, and you go and take a little picture with it, I guess. It's cute. I thought it was silly. And Why does he not have a shirt? I don't know. He's a horse. Do horses wear shirts? They don't wear shorts. Well, he clearly does in that picture. If If he's supposed to be part of the team, he has to wear a shirt. Yes. The team has to wear shirts. It's something that they started this week just to kind of like bring up morale for the team whenever they hit home runs in the same way that Pablo Sandoval puts on that panda head in Atlanta. I thought it was a little weird that the MLB is all of a sudden letting these things happen because in the past it's never been a thing. So it's definitely interesting. I think we should think of other animals we could bring to the table. Well, and and like you've got as well, too, in San Diego, the Slam Diego chain. Anytime somebody hits a home run, you get the Slam Diego. It's like just blinged out giant necklace. It's just stupid, but it's funny. I like the stuffed animals better. Let's think in that direction. Okay. They should get one of those teddy bears from Costco whenever it's around Christmas time again, the really giant ones. Yeah. Because they're not that expensive at Costco. They're really not. I think we're ready to move on to the NBA, everybody's favorite. I can think of at least 40 other stuffed animals they should bring to the table. The Tigers could have tigers, right? There's a team named the Tigers? There is. And the Lions legitimately remember if his crazy coach wanted to bring a freaking lion onto the pitch. Not a real one. We're talking stuffed animals. All I'm saying, think on that. Let's let's move towards So you're saying the bears need like a giant teddy bear? That'd be cute. Yeah. The Costco one. Yeah. But moving on to the NBA. 
I only have one injury, and it's from the Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to say this name wrong. Please correct me. I can't correct you because I don't have the note. Dang it. Onyika Okongwu? Yeah, you're probably right. Has undergone surgery to repair a torn labrum in his right shoulder. The Hawks expect him to recover in approximately six months. That's a chunk of time. It's a torn labrum, though, too. It's not really something that's like instant heal. Well, also your shoulder, you kind of use that when you play basketball. A lot. So. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest news to come out this week is that we have a new championship team, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Milwaukee Bucks won their first uh, championship in 50 plus years. So pretty nice. That earns you a lot of chicken nuggets, apparently. It, it, he bought the chicken nuggets. It didn't earn him any chicken nuggets. But the Milwaukee Bucks did end up closing out the series 4-2. Uh, to two. Giannis, who ended up winning the finals MVP, uh, put up a 50-piece. So 50 of the 105 points that his team scored came from him, which is insanity. He should have scored five more, so it could have been half and half. Yeah, but kudos to him. The Suns, obviously a good team. Everybody expected them to play well. I don't think anybody picked them to be in the finals, so kudos to them making it all the way. You like when that happens. I don't like when these teams who are like so far into or above cap space just blow everyone out of the water. I would rather it be teams you don't expect. Right. Unless it's my hockey team, in which I want them to always win. No matter where we are. Yeah, the, the whole mega team thing is something that's always put a sour taste in my mouth in the NBA. And since like the era of the Jordans and things like that, that's kind of the way it's become. It's not been like, let's build set pieces instead of just like, let's pay the best players to be on the team all at once. It's kudos to them for being the first team to do that in a while. Good on them. But like I said, it was their first championship since 1970-1971 season. So exactly 50 years ago. So awesome. Well done. But also something that came out from the NBA Finals finishing up, the 2021 NBA Finals were up 32% in viewership versus this time last year or when the finals happened last year, not this time last year because COVID. Yeah, bubble basketball. Though I feel like with COVID, it should have already been high because like what else are you going to do? Right. But this year they topped it even more, 32% more. I, I think the reason predominantly being is it was two teams that nobody really hated necessarily and in turn was like, well, we're going to watch them because, again, it was two teams that were literally just the right pieces put in play and not just mega millionaire players in every part of the lineup. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I know it's the reason I watched a couple of the games at least. But in sadder news in the world, U.S. men's national basketball team is playing like absolute garbage. They've taken their third loss in... Two and a half weeks. This time, though, being the first loss since 2004 in the Olympics against France yesterday. They lost 83 to 76. It's starting to look more and more like the U.S. men's national basketball team is human and not full of superstars. I'm really surprised that the score wasn't higher or like a bigger difference. Yeah. And then the Pelicans named their new head coach, Willie Green. They, they picked him out and they said, your name is Willie Green. I just realized the way I read that was interesting. Willie Green has officially been named coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. Your no Pelicans. The no Pelicans. He joins them after two seasons as an assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns, and he's also done it other places. Yeah, probably not a bad pickup considering the Suns weren't supposed to go that far, but because of maybe good coaching, they did. I don't know. We'll see. It seems like across multiple leagues at this point, you have more assistant coaches becoming coaches. 
Yeah. So we'll see if that like shakes things up for teams. Yeah. And then in the news of the world of basketball players being paid too much. Oh, God. LeBron James becomes the first NBA player in history to surpass $1 billion in earnings while being an active player in the NBA. My question is, how long has he been playing? Since he was, I think, 18 years old. That tells me nothing. I don't know how old he is. It's been a while. We'll just put it at that. But he becomes the first player to do that while he's actively playing. Obviously, Michael Jordan has made a little over $2 billion with his brand. So, like, if it came down to overall NBA players in history, Michael Jordan still has made far more money than LeBron has. LeBron James has been playing since 2003. Yeah. 18 years. A full-grown adult worth of time. I think that pretty much wraps up my NBA news. I don't know if you have anything else. No. A lot of these leagues are now in the offseason, and right now is like a heavy time for the NHL specifically, but everyone else is just like here and there, pieces of news, not a lot going on. Well, as well, too, like the MLB is in their midseason strides. There's really not much going on there. Right, just games. Yeah. Though I will say I do have a piece of MLS news. I know you, you don't really have soccer news this week. I really don't. The Gold Cup's going on. I was trying to persuade Liberty to go to the game tonight because it's a doubleheader. You buy one ticket, you get to see two games. But uh, I don't Torture? know. Torture? We're going to do that. Torture. I think it would be a lot of fun, actually, but that's just me. Correct. That is just you. Yeah. As far as my MLS news goes this week, though, there's only one piece of news. The MLS and the New York Red Bulls have filed a lawsuit in federal court on Thursday against Scott Pearson, who is the agent of midfielder Alejandro Romero Gamara. The suit accuses Pearson of torturous interference. That cannot be right. Tortious interference? There's a turtle in the building. (laughs) Okay. No, there's interference of some kind in his handling of the contract with the league and the player's subsequent move to the Saudi Arabian club Al Tawun. MLS and the Red Bulls are seeking over $6 million in damages. It's a lot of money. I feel like it's a trumped-up lawsuit, but you argue for $6 million and you get maybe a million. Right. We'll see. But like you were saying with baseball, MLS is just going through with their games and people are winning and people are losing and it's not real soccer anyway so why do we care hooray i am sure next week is going to be similar to this week in that there's going to be a lot of nhl news as far as trades people picking up free agents it's probably a safe bet prepare to have your heart broken again next week (laughs) in the meantime though check out our social media it'll be linked in the show notes and we'll catch you on thursday for the book episode guys thank Bye, guys. Bye.